0: guys welcome back to the best practices show podcast this is a special 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 super special episode we are actually on the floor at the ada SmileCon in houston texas and i've got my good friend dr mark hyman who many of you may know or don't do know him uh, but what you don't know is you are the brainchild of a very important piece of this bringing live podcasting to the floor so thanks for making that happen kirk thanks it's you know those who can't do can't do teach podcasting or
1: suggest others do it they do so i've never done a podcast myself that i put on i've been the willing participant and it just it's an idea whose time has come and of course you came in with your elegant leadership and your magnificence and it it places really happen and there's a lot of talent here and I think it's going to hold the ADA in good stead to try to do this year over
0: year. Yeah, this is near and dear to both of our hearts. We love Dr. Bob Skinner, and this is just a very cool thing. You spoke this morning. I did. And when, what, what was the topic? The topic was beauties and the beasts, the greatest
1: hits and misses of cosmetic dentistry. Ooh. Where I tried to show real world Monday morning stuff where things screwed up and how do you fix it?
0: Okay. And so, then you're getting ready. Oh, we, we, we've, we've got you squeezed in between lectures. You're doing another lecture this afternoon. What I am you?
1: this afternoon. It's a 360 slam dunk guide for successful teams doing a 360 evaluation where you look at every aspect of the team. Very nice. So it's a wonderful way to do that and just kind of get a score, celebrate where you do well in the practice and where there are areas to grow. The doctor rates him or herself, the team rates the doctor, and usually the numbers are dramatically different.
0: Yeah. That's so pretty cool. And why are the numbers different? Uh, usually for the doctor's ego. Ooh, can and you it, tell us more? Being what
1: honest. Well, for me, it was like your leadership skills, communication skills, your clinical talent, but the last topic is the ability to control stress. Yeah. So when I filled mine out, I gave myself nine to nine fives on everything, and the team gave me nine-ish. But when it came to ability to control stress, I gave myself a nine-five, the team gave me a four. Wow. And I'm like, your mama, you give me a four, what's this about? Yeah. And they said, when you, so things go wrong in the practice, you get really quiet. Really? And you do the slow burn and we get the eyelash flash.
0: That's one of my questions for you, your default stress management mechanism. Is that what you do? I do because I understand similar, can't get an arrow back once you shoot it. You can't get a
1: bullet back once you shoot it. Once you say something to a teammate, the one time you humiliate a teammate or correct them aggressively, in front of a teammate or a patient, you never get it back and you'll never have that same level of trust. And that, that's, a, that's a shame. Right. So I tried to be the best boss possible. But part of that was know when to not say something because I'm not ready to say something constructive.
0: Yeah. And over how many years did you practice? I mean, 32 years, which 32 I adored. Years. Yeah. So you learn things. I mean, that's three decades of practice. Probably the first decade of practice, you didn't exercise that much emotional a, intelligence. A little bumpy, that would a little be bumpy, accurate. But that's part of the journey, right? It you absolutely learn, is. you learn the wrong way, or people tell you what to do and you don't do it, which is what I did, you know? And then you really are, and then you learn, okay, I between stimulus and response, I've got to manage myself. You know, something just happened. I'm going to react differently, correct? That's true, I mean, again, it's the principle you are on stage and the team is watching. Yeah. So
1: it's okay to put yourself in timeout when you are asked a question by the team. Yeah. There's a classic example, one December, the dental assistant came to a boss and said, I've worked real hard this year, can I have a dollar an hour raise. It's like, sure. And this team may went and told the entire team that everybody wanted their dollar an hour raise wow. times ten employees, times how many hours a year. It was a multi, multi thousand dollar boo-boo that wasn't anticipated. So I love the thought that the doctor can say, that's a good question. I'll consider it. Yeah. Let me study this. I'll get back to you. Let me decide what the raise I want to give to the entire team because everybody's valuable.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of good questions, you have a, pl- a near and dear place in your heart for these kids. You spend a lot of time at UNC Dental School. You're here working the floor, talking to these kids. You always, they come up to you and they ask you advice yes. or they bring you challenges. Yes, they I'm agree. sure you got some this morning. Just you know, a few. Dr. Mark Hyman, like, I don't have the best team ever. This is the one that we hear all the time. Like, w- given today's day and age, what are some of the biggest questions you're hearing from some of the younger dentists? Like, what's what, what comes to mind consistently? Think, Kirk, one of the most frightening things for them is their level of debt.
1: Okay. And their role models, many of their role models have said it's going to take you 15 years to pay off your school debt. Right. And I try to tell them I can show them how to do it in 15 months if they trust me, if they trust the systems and they get good role, role models and good verbal skills and some new clinical skills and use equipment consistently. Yeah. You and I have talked ad nauseum about how I bought excellent tip equipment, but train the team on it. One of the biggest shames of me, for me, of dentistry is we buy some high-tech equipment and we don't train on it.
0: Yeah, and so, yeah, the the debt load is tremendous for young students coming out. It's daunting. Yeah and then i I know you've put kids in in buses before and brought them to hinman i've been the recipient of some of those and you encourage people to come to meetings like this and uh, it's great to see i saw so many people this morning i'm like oh my gosh you're here they brought their teams they're fully engaged they're ready to go um what do you say to a young dentist who's like i don't want to go to a meeting like that i don't know you know
1: i'd say you don't have to do anything right? Unless you want to be successful. Okay. So I love three magic words, Kirk success leaves clues. Yes. What are the most high impactful, successful men and women in dentistry do? They spend a ton of time on their own personal self growth. Yep. They educate the team, they liberate the team to use all of their talent. They bring in consultants and coaches that have skill sets different than they do. Yeah. They celebrate and enhance their highest levels of skill and they minimize their weaknesses. Yeah. For me, I knew what I wasn't good at. So I didn't do it. I hated endo, I didn't do it. I had 11 board certified endodontals within 50 yards of my office. Mm-hmm. So why try to find an MB2 canal when it's not my joy? Right. When I did a gorgeous root canal I show the patient, they're like, that was a lot of money. Why is it still hurt? <laughs> Versus when I do veneers on someone and they break down crying and hug me and write me right. thank you notes. Right. So I'm a I'm pretty simple, lower level paramecium of an animal. Yeah. And I, I love that human response. I love the reward for my dentistry. It's fine to be paid. Yeah. But the emotional joy and the five-star reviews and people sending their friends and the trust. Right. You know, that, that is the gift to me. Right. The gift of being part of people's
0: families. So yeah. And you can tell you get a great amount of joy from that. But let's say to, let's say I'm a 32 year old dentist. I love these cause I can talk to you for, Mark, I'm, I think I like endo. Do you know what I mean? Like, How did you figure that out? You know, were was it a repetitive thing? Did you do the no card joy, no, no joy thing? Like, how did you get to a place where you're like, this is what I'm good at. This is what I love to do. Did it take you a while to get there? Sure, it took a lot of
1: time. And then the technology changed, Kirk, if you think about it. I started in dentistry as a dental assistant in 1978. So, when I asked dentists 40 some years ago, what was the drill? Right. You take a Midwest handpiece with no fiber optic, you drill a big hole on the top of the tooth, yeah. putting two pounds of dical, a gallon of copalite, your thumb in a Titan amalgam. Acid etch, if you got the blue etch on the dentin layer, that automatically meant you had to get a root canal, which is right. not true. Braces were train tracks, implants were subperiosteal, not into the bone. So man, has dentistry changed. So yeah. part of figuring out what you're good at is as the technology changes and you get more continued education and you get positive feedback from the patients, you go, I want more of those hugs. Yeah. I want more of those thank you notes. I want the gifts delivered. I want the five-star reviews when I do the cosmetic dentistry that people can see. When I do the root canals, when I do apicos, the patient just say, that was expensive. or well, that yeah. didn't take you long. Yeah. So for me, I, I'm a needy animal and I, I'm, I'm, I need that joy and that feedback.
0: Yeah. Speaking of joy, I love the personal side. You're here for a day. Yes, sir. You have something special going on this weekend. Can you tell us about Sure. My only son, my oldest child.
1: Sammy man is getting married Saturday night. Okay. So to an absolutely magnificent young woman, we could not be happier.
0: How'd you make that happen?
1: How, how did I make him meet somebody wonderful? <laughs> I said, do the opposite of what your father did.
0: Oh, uh, If
1: I make it to February, I'll be married 38 years. Yeah. So i um, very grateful for that. Yeah. You know, Sam is very much of his own man. He's a foot smarter than me. Yeah. And uh, it's interesting. I look at him, blonde hair, blue eyed. He was captain of the ballroom dancing team at Georgetown. He was a physics major. He crushes yeah. math. So he's essentially everything that I'm not. Right. And I, and, and I celebrate that because he's his magnificent self. And if I could say one thing about my daughter-in-law to be, she lets Sam be Sam. That's cool. And maybe that's a message for our dental Wait Wait, wait,
0: go back. What does that mean? Tell I me mean, what that she, means. She too. honors
1: his idiosyncrasies. She he's let, a, he's a near gourmet level chef. Yeah. His roommate at Georgetown was from Boston, so he's a Boston Bruins hockey fan when we have a team in North Carolina you know ballroom <laughs> dancing who does that his, his awesome. dance partner at georgetown was this romanian goddess yeah that everyone on campus was in love with and there's sam throwing her all around and flipping her and it's awesome and he was like yeah because sam honored her and didn't hit on her
0: yeah where's Just the where's the wedding again when gonna be at our synagogue in greensboro all right the
1: rehearsal dinner friday night is going to be at the greensboro children's museum that my dad was the founder of yeah
0: 25 years ago how, ma- so. how many people are coming it's small 200 okay did you get an invite andy i didn't get i'm looking at my phone I didn't well,
1: but he sent a nice <laughs> gift so i'm still waiting for <laughs> yours you know, my, my daughter right. got married a year ago over, okay. over Labor Day. And it, yeah. after getting married in our backyard with 11 people during COVID, okay. she had
0: 200. Her initial list was 450 people. Okay. So that Sam is getting 200. I'm like, fine. Okay. I'm always curious about this kind of stuff. And I love getting, Sam is like an excellent level chef. Can you cook at all? Uh, I can turn on the microwave. How you know, how does a son not that's amazing at cooking like not pick up some of those? Was your wife an amazing cooker? Is my she? My wife is a very good cook. Okay, my all mother's right. a very good cook. Okay, uh, Sam,
1: his freshman year Georgetown took the physics of cooking. What is that? It's the all of the real physics of the what what's in the different foods and sauces and if something's. Too sweet? How do you cut it? If it's too salty, how do you change it? If you add vinegar, if you take away something, if you yeah. So it was the specific chemistry of how you change tastes and foods. Okay, I think we got
0: to get Sam on the podcast. <laughs> he, he's, he's pretty awesome. Andy's Andy's an expert on ribs. I, as you already know, I love food. So he's like I love this stuff.
1: Andy's an expert. My son for his bachelor party. Yeah. They went to Storybook Farm out of Virginia and got this fresh lamb and roasted it over eight hours. Wow. It was really pretty stunning. That's amazing. Sam, you know, he went to Jewish day school through eighth grade, 12 kids in his class went to bid bad public school with 2000 kids and took over with student body president. Yeah. Just so proud of him. That's awesome. So this, this is going to be a great weekend. It's a this, big week for you. Yeah. He's found someone
0: really special in my family. Everyone's happy in the family. Yeah. And that's unusual. <laughs> now this, this, after this weekend, all of your children will be married. Two. Oh, two. My baby okay. is a
1: high risk labor delivery nurse in Denver, has a long time boyfriend, but they okay. they initially said they don't want to get married and they don't want kids, but All they right. want to be with each other. So we'll see what happens.
0: I'm sorry for prying. I just, I, I like away. i like learning these lessons yeah. from people that are, you know.
1: Uh, so I think probably the best thing I could do for my youngest, Evie, is to say, yeah, he probably doesn't want to marry you anyway. Oh, so let's not go she, there. Then she marry him. This
0: just, is live. Fight we got to be careful. <laughs> wow. Annie doesn't have the ability to edit. You know, so this is all good. All right. You know, I'd like you have your gorgeous daughters and your magnificent son.
1: I got blessed with three amazing kids. Yeah. And and a wife who was sensational with the children. So I'm at a season of my life that it's just really cool. The kids have found wonderful life partners. I had an unbelievable clinical career. I love teaching at Chapel Hill. I still like doing
0: the seminars. So it's, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. So, so, and that is truly a, crazy cool blessings. What's ne- Here's here's one thing I've never asked you. I like I like I like pushing the envelope. Bring it on, baby. What's the next chapter look like for you? Bye. You know you're here, you're here, you're helping out. You're still out there speaking. You're still teaching at the dental school. Like, you picked me up that morning, your car was stocked full of food. I'm like, oh my gosh, who are we feeding? Like an army here? And you do, you do it because you're passionate. What's the next yeah, chapter? I have uh, breakfast club
1: that I have at the school. I feed the students. Explain what the breakfast club is. We it's pretty cool. We meet at 7 a.m. and actually have a second group that's the lunch bunch. We meet at lunch where I just go over case after case after case of real world private practice Monday morning. Right. Kirk, here's a situation. Andy's in the office. Here's his challenge. Here's why he left his last dentist. Go. Right. What do you say? How do you walk him through it? You make a mistake. How do you correct it? How do you make it right? Right. And I've done that. This is my sixth year doing that. And the students who go through breakfast club, go into practice and just freaking crush it.
0: Yeah. Because most of the challenges probably aren't technical dentistry questions. It's, it's people management it's or, you know, dealing with thinking questions. Yeah. And from I've, patients. I've got a new
1: seminar called The Questions You Hate, The Answers You Love. Ooh. And that's pretty cool. Yeah. And uh, what are we going to see that one? Anytime you ask me and I have another one, which I, I debuted, okay. which was cases that haunt you. Okay. I basically went through all my slides and found every mistake and put it into a seminar. Very nice. Like, here's how I screwed this up. And here's how I screwed that up. Right. Now what? Yeah. So I think so many of the speakers say, well, Kirk, look at my 28 unit veneer, perfect case yeah. to visit. Yeah. Done. I'm like yo mama that's not the way it works right and i didn't work that way for me you had to re-impress a provisional came off you're cementing the two of the veneers and you put them in backwards life happens right so to me it's not interesting that it happened is how did you react to it yeah as a leader do you throw things the clients that you have had I hope it's not many where a doctor throws instruments at the team. Right. What a way to poison the well.
0: Well, and I mean, I think you would agree, like, uh, dental education has changed quite a bit dramatically. I think there's a lot more vulnerability in lectures now more than ever because nobody wants to see the perfect. You know, the perfect practice, the perfect preps. it doesn't or, exist. It really doesn't exist. And the other thing, talking talk about throwing instruments, I used to think that was like the Loch Ness Monster. So I'd come to these meetings, people like, you know, dentist. I'm like, no dentist has ever thrown an instrument. And then I saw one. I was like, Whoosh. I'm like, what the heck was that? That could put an eye out. I it, never threw one, but I bounced a mirror once. I went, and it went. Where did you bounce it? On the floor? Yeah. Uh-huh. Why? Because it needed bouncing. Was it a bouncy mirror? Uh, yes, a, mir- mirrors don't bounce. Uh, this one did. <laughs> it was better Would you be willing to share the story in which you did the bouncy you know, mirror? I, it's been a while and I don't recall, but it was... Okay.
1: I think I was so frustrated. I was just kind of like... Boom. There we go. Because I didn't want to say something and I didn't want to something physically and I just kind of went Yeah, and
0: so, so your way of dealing with stress is usually being quiet, flipping your it's eyes, internal burn. Yeah. The, the, I, I the bouncing know. mirror probably was like 10 X, you yeah, know, that 10. was, that was pretty dramatic. Again, yeah. the, the thought of the spent arrow, the said word, you can't right. get it back.
1: Agree. So if you really want to be an exquisite leader, you have to know you're on stage and you're being watched. Yeah. And either you say, I don't care. It's my business. I'll do what I want. Yeah. Well, if you really want a depth of commitment from the team, you don't do that. Yeah. They know that they're safe, that you would never humiliate them, yeah. show them up in front of a teammate, in front of a patient. Right. Or, or guide and lead them out of fear. Okay. So, I, I love the thought so much of American leadership is negative. Kirk, let me tell you three things you screwed up today. Mm. You said, oh, man, Kirk, you did 97 things right today. Right. I'm so proud to have you here. Right. There's a couple issues. Can we talk about it? Right. Help me understand why did this. Why did you present this in that fashion? What did I miss? For sure. That's not the way you usually do it. Did I yeah. miss something? Yeah. Yeah, Dr. Mark, I didn't sleep last night. Right. My dog is sick. My kid is sick. My husband is, yes, my wife is that. Yeah. So it's, it's classic Stephen Covey Yeah, habit five, seek first to understand, then to be understood.
0: Well, at the end of the day, this great profession, we need leaders. You know, this country doesn't need more aid. It needs more entrepreneurs. Yes, it, needs, it, it needs people that can step up, stand for something. Dentistry is an incredibly awesome profession. A $350 billion industry that'll soon be $700 billion industry. Unbelievable! And so uh, I think this is just awesome. I know you got to run because you got to, let's, let's, uh, let's leave with one last thought. If you're going to go back and give yourself advice at 25, Like, we're going to transport you back. You're going to sit your 25-year-old self down and go, buddy, come here. I know you're not going to listen to me, but I'm going to give you one piece of advice. What is it?
1: You know, it's cliche to go, don't sweat the small stuff, and it's all small stuff. Right. But I think I would specifically try to take better physical care of myself because of how I physically ended up crumbling at the end of my career with my l 4, l 5 blown out. And arthritis, carpal tunnel, tennis elbow. I've worked, statistically, Kirk, I did, thir- I did 90 years of dentistry in 32 years. Right. So dentists, my generation, that was a badge of honor how much you limped out of the operatory. And that's stupid. Right. There's nothing more in the world that I want than to be a grandfather. Yeah. My kids to be well-launched and have healthy babies and then let me spoil the hoo- holy bahooey out of them. Yeah. Can't wait to kidnap them and take them to Disney. Yeah. It's- But I wish I had my 25-year-old body back and realized that the (laughs) extra production that I did, it's not worth it now. Totally agree. So um, again, one of the great gifts I did give myself was gift of coaching and role models and looking at men and women more successful than me and saying, how'd you get there? Anytime I see you, Bud, I am re-reminded of how you basically saved dentistry when COVID hit and people were crumbling and Rome was burning, um, and you and ACT stood up and said, we're going to do something, and you launched the COVID relief conference for two days, which turned into four months or whatever. I still, ever since, and I've spoken, I haven't spoken a single time where someone hadn't come up to me and said, you and Kirk saved my life during COVID. I Ooh. didn't know what I was going
0: to do, and that we didn't get paid. We didn't, we didn't. But, but we I, got rich. I think, well, I think the thing that you would agree with, I mean, it was the right thing to do. I didn't know what to do. You didn't know what to do, but I was talking to you almost every single day. and I'm like, we've got to do something. Well, and that, you know, but it shows, it shows your leadership and your professionalism and your caring
1: because you didn't get, like I said, we, we didn't get paid in dollars, but we got rich because we helped change people's lives. And yeah. That's a gift when a stranger comes up to me and says, you don't know me. But right i watched you
0: every morning do you know what my favorite part was it, it's it was it was with you it was billy every robbins. no billy robbins bob margis every single person this darren, is how darren cool becker darren every single person in this this is what's so cool about this industry every single one of them i'm in like not one of them was like what am i gonna get paid or you know like everyone every single one of them was like i'm in i'm in and nobody said no like when you said when you said can you help out? Which is so cool.
1: Well, I hope when the history of dentistry is written and we look back decades at how what COVID did to dentistry, and I hope you will get a piece of recognition for what you did is not why
0: you did it. I don't want it.
1: Yeah. But, uh, but what, what you did is helped save people's lives wow. and their sanity because people were emotionally dying. You're very physically kind dying. And I'm, I'm very
0: proud of you at a young age that you had Charity and wisdom to do that. Hey, I'm surrounded by good people. Amen, brother. Amen. So thank you for being on, brother. Uh, any last thoughts before you go up and inspire a whole bunch of people upstairs? Tar Heel basketball starts in a few weeks. Woo! Prediction, give me prediction. Cutting down the nets, baby. You guys are loaded. You're stocked this year. We got year. four starters from last year and we got a transfer from Northwestern. Okay, what prevents a kid from going on and making hundreds of millions of dollars? and say, no, I'm going to stay for one more year, or stay through the end of my career. You know, at North
1: Carolina, when you go into the Dean Dome and you look up at the rafters and you see the jersey of Michael Jordan and yeah. James Worthy and Sam Perkins and Phil Ford and Walter <laughs> Davis and on and on, Jerry Stackhouse, Rashid Wallace, Antoine Jameson, Vince Carter, you see all these NBA legends and you say, I want someday to bring my child back to the Dean Dome and say, there's your dad's jersey. That's pretty cool. I want to be part of the legacy of the Carolina family. and we're excited for Carolina volleyball next year we have a star <laughs> coming. Did you hear about this?
0: I have heard a few things. so there's a star coming from Wisconsin, we understand. Yeah, she's amazing. so uh, I'm obviously biased. she's my daughter, but uh, it's gonna be fun. I'm excited to be part of the Carolina. Tar Heels family. I can't wait to put you to work, buddy. You know, I've been waiting patiently to just deck myself out in blue, like from head to toe. Did, didn't you get a shipment from me? I did get just a shipment shipping. and I wear it, but that's like, entre- uh, that's the uh now I'm, now I'm going to wear it like, uh, proactively and. Constantly. Yeah, be better. Good luck, everybody. I wish you all the best. Yeah. Thank you guys for tuning in. We're so, so glad that you are paying attention. Keep checking out things here at the ADA and uh, just appreciate you, brother. Thank you for all that you do for us, for dentistry, for everything, man. Bless you, brother. And it's going to be an amazing wedding this weekend. I have no doubt. Can't wait. Thank you so much. All right, brother. So, there you have it. Another great episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hey, and thank you for showing up.